0: kind of in my notes I've referred to him as the bathroom fairy because he's or well, the toilet fairy because he's um yeah, he's a bit wild man but he's not actually of the fae is just an ordinary human who just needs to clean some toilets. Just a heads up, these words and opinions are mine and my own, much like Gollum and the One Ring. We'll attempt to keep most of this as spoiler-free as possible, but if you have any questions about the material in this podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to doublemoonletters at gmail.com. Thank you, enjoy the podcast. Los Gates Hello everyone, welcome to Lettuce from a Double Moon. My name is Nahima and thank you for your presence here tonight. Okie dokie, how have you all been? I think it's been a good couple of weeks, good two weeks uh, in the world, haven't really been keeping up to breast with the news to be honest so I don't actually know what's happening I'm gonna doing a bit of a news blackout <laughs> if I'll be real but um yeah essentially I hope it's been good I hope you've been feeling well and healthy and and I hope that you've been feeling ready for my second podcast episode I'm definitely feeling ready for it myself basically from if you haven't been listening to the first episode or you don't know me my name is Nahima. I manifest only good things for bees, I have a penchant for tea, perfume, books, and sometimes get round to playing my game of the month, which in this case is Zelda's Breath of the Wild. I'm stuck on this bit though, right in the beginning of the story, where Link, I think his name's Link, I don't know, little blonde man, um, has to find some shrines for old mate and I just, I don't know where to go. Um, so hopefully I'll get round to watching a walkthrough or reading a walkthrough or something that'll tell me how to do it because I'm really stuck Um, or I might just ask someone who's played it before right so apart from that and apart from how you've all been which well I hope again We are all here, gathered all here, for the express purpose of listening to me talk about my book that I've been reading the past couple of weeks and the book that I wanted to talk about and that I teased last time. So, essentially, this book is a very special book for me because I have, like, I've helped to publish it uh, for the imprint Aurora House Publishing. It's a great little independent um, indie publishing house and I've loved working for them. I've worked for them for the past three years on and off and, yeah, loved every moment. Done quite a few books, quite a few publishers, also a bit of book marketing slash book promo, as well as... Actually, what else have I done? Oh, yeah, appraisals. So writing reports based on how I feel about unsolicited manuscript drops that some authors do which we we welcome. Uh, it's very good to kind of as I mentioned uh get to see what people are are writing these days and to yeah, give them feedback on on what they've been doing. So, this book obviously would have then passed the appraisal stage, passed the editing stage, passed the well, every stage that you get to in the publishing game. Um and yeah, it definitely definitely is a great trilogy in fact um however I'm only going to be talking about book one today Uh, I can probably tease bits and pieces of book two and three but that's not really the point the point is to start with the start isn't it especially when it comes to a trilogy you want to begin at the beginning and not necessarily start in the middle or at the end or I mean do you do you honestly if you feel like that's the way that you want to read a trilogy but generally the general consensus is start from the beginning so essentially i'll tell you what it is in a moment just getting gearing up to kind of gather my thoughts and and feelings about how i feel about this one probably will get a little bit emotional to be honest because this is a very special moment but we'll see so the book that i'll be talking about today is drumroll, an ocean away let's hook the book for you shall we So An Ocean Away is the first uh, in the William Stewart saga. It's written by an author named Peter Clark, And now essentially Peter wanted to kind of write a story that explored within historical fiction the life of an ancestor, his great-grandfather, which is a brilliant premise if you kind of think about it uh, in terms of you're kind of connecting with yourself, you're connecting with your family, but at the same time you're writing a very engaging, thrilling kind of book. So the story goes a little something like this. Essentially you've got the Stuart family, they're living in kind of in poor conditions um, in a little hut that's outside of Belfast in Ireland, or maybe, you know, out in the in a rural area somewhere. You've got your mum, your dad, you've got a couple of kids, and in amongst the kids there's a boy named william william stewart so he essentially falls in love with a girl who is from a different religion so i believe they're catholic or protestant no they're protestant sorry and she's catholic so you can imagine kind of the, there's a great divide during the um the 18th century in ireland to do with religion and essentially they're caught up in the middle it's a little bit like a classic star-crossed lover scenario and within that scenario instead of the two the pair um, kind of sticking it out and keeping together and just you know in the face of adversity kind of triumphing triumphing winning creating you know a family of their own what happens is that William's father sends William away because he knows that nothing good will ever come of their relationship and they're going to be persecuted potentially or shunned by the whole community on both sides, so it's just not going to turn out well for both of them. And then they'll end up unhappy and, you know, in a cycle of the people that have come before, kind of in a similar situation. William, in his naivety and in his fresh youthfulness kind of, goes on an adventure. He ends up on a ship after a couple of hiccups and little mini adventures here and there. He ends up on a ship bound for Australia and essentially the story kind of meets its conclusion when they reach the the shores of Melbourne, I believe. It is Melbourne that they landed, not Sydney. So essentially this story is wonderful. Like it's I loved it from the first moment I read it to even now when I reread it a couple of weeks ago. It was just a joy to read. And essentially, it's... So the podcast title um, is called A Matter of Sturm und Rang, which literally means a matter of storm and stress, which is why I chose the title, because it literally reflects what happens in the book. Lots of storm, lots of stress um it doesn't actually reflect the real essence of the literary movement of the 18th century um that would be interesting but uh no it's it's not it's a, it less less plain i suppose in meaning than 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 that it definitely isn't you know of the the core of the storm and the it's more of a historical drama um about family and it's definitely doesn't end in the, in the tragedy that usually would come about when it comes to the traditional Sturm und Drang movement. So essentially, you know, themes that kind of pop up in this story would be, you know, kind of what happens when you're young um, and you're kind of full of adventure and you're facing a lot of adversity because you're young and you're naive and you're not sure what you're doing with your life. Um, So this book really explores, like, a youthful triumph over all the adversity that kind of gets thrown at you it also explores the natural world so definitely lots of mention of the sea between you know Europe and then Australia Um, there's lots of mention of there's beautiful mention of um, you know the the natural world there's descriptions of Ireland you know back in out of Belfast, like William's original home, they mention, he mentions, Peter mentions, you know, lots of beautiful kind of imagery, the grass, the trees, the mist, the fog, all that, um, that kind of binds the place and gives it that iconic imagery, the greenness. And then that huge contrast is when William, you know, kind of goes overseas and all, all there is is this vast expanse of maybe blue or blue-black or depending on the color of the sea and then also the gray and the blue of the sky and it really kind of evokes just beautiful imagery that you feel really matches the the hope in the book and the love for life and the hope for a good life and and that kind of um way of thought or school of thought I guess you could say there's definitely some really favorite parts of the book um one of my <laughs> in the beginning um there's this bit where william is he's in a i don't know you could call it a pub or like some kind of watering hole where he stayed the night and he said to the lady who's the cook hey i need to get up at six because i'm at the docks you're at the docks and i have a job and so she says yeah okay we'll get the toilet man to wake you um, and it should all be good at, at six o'clock in the morning. So he is a bit groggy in the morning and he wakes up thinking that he's encountered a fairy uh, who's kind of wild and mystical and is saying, you know, wake up, wake up. Uh, but it's actually the toilet man, which is actually just the funniest part of the book. And I keep always kind of, re- in my notes, I've referred to him as the bathroom fairy because he's, or well, the toilet fairy because he's, um yeah, he's a bit wild man, but he's not actually of the fae. He's just an ordinary human who just needs to clean some toilets. Peter also tends to write some really... The the animals in in all the books, actually, in the trilogy, have a wonderful, uh, charming kind of quality to their personality. And they actually have real personality. You know, when you have a pet, they seem to all be different. They all have a different little way of... Of living and a way of expressing themselves and and peter definitely did a stellar job kind of encapsulating that personality in the animals so say the cows on the the lady grace which is the name of the ship that takes william and all the crew and passengers to australia um there's these cows and they need to be milked in the middle of a storm and it's just it's heart-wrenching for to kind of think about the pain and the the fear the animals must be going through but in it all there is a bit of humor and there's a bit of um yeah humor and a bit of laughter that kind of happens so of course the cow is grateful to be milked and also (laughs) this is hilarious but when um the sailors are remarking that you know the the oxen some of them have unfortunately died uh, due to the the rough nature of the sea and the kind of banging them about in the, in their pens. I think there's something about chickens, but, uh, in amongst it all, they're saying that the pigs, uh, they were the best of all. They were natural sailors in a way. And that just, yeah, made me in amongst all the storm and the stress, you know, um, that comes with being stuck on a ship in the middle of a raging storm. It just made me laugh. Uh, and it added a bit of levity to the whole, uh, chapter so I really feel like An Ocean Away is the kind of book for people who don't love the sea but want to still read about it and are a little bit curious about what it's like to be on the sea so that's 100% how I feel I'm not a person who loves uh unknown places and deep places like the sea or space for that matter um so sci-fi is a little bit difficult for me to read sometimes especially if it's You know, if they're out in the sea. Oh, sorry, out in the, um, the unknown wilds of, I don't know, the galaxies. Um, and black holes and all that. That's kind of, yeah, a little bit difficult to read because it's so scary. But um, the sea is another one. Uh, you don't know what's in it. You don't know what's under the water. Uh, you don't know what's at the very bottom of the sea. Maybe you do. Please tell me if you do, because that would be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I honestly it just makes me feel very uncomfortable and I've been out there I've been out on the sea and it it was an okay experience um but honestly it it's better when I'm on land and I have my legs firmly on the ground and they're not moving um but like I was saying though this book is about the sea but for people who don't love the sea. And that makes it a wonderful, cosy kind of read when you're stuck in your lounge room or in your bedroom, wherever you read a book, in your little cosy chair. Um, and you you can kind of feel and imagine everything that's happening in the story, but you're stuck or you're not stuck. Well, you're seated somewhere dry and warm and cosy and hygge, as they say in, in Denmark. And yeah, you're kind of just moseying along Feeling the wind on your face and the the waves under your feet but you're not actually anywhere near them, but moving on, I also loved about this book um the fact that I was able to learn new vocabulary now there's i've been alive for quite a while um, that's a bit of a strange way to put it I mean like i'm of a certain age uh where i've managed to read a lot of books in my time and my vocabulary is pretty much developed in english well developed but i'm still learning new things as we go along especially when i read so jibe or gibe was a new word that i learned i have no clue what it means literally um or what it might look like but going by the definition from the oxford dictionary it means to change course by swinging the sail across a following wind. So basically just means that they changed direction and along with that direction the sail moved. Um, I guess that means it's stuck to the mast and then it just the bit at the bottom that sticks out is swings around. I, I don't know. There are also some really beautiful turns of phrases in An Ocean Away. So Peter you'll know uh, is a very he's a very skilled writer he's he i guess has read he's widely read and therefore he writes you know with an elegance um and a lot of his kind of descriptors uh of the nature the natural world and then of the you know the people and the surrounds um of the characters so he he uses like different devices to kind of make you feel like you're really there and that you're really seeing what he's describing so there's things like the windless sea um you know like just the way the words are placed together just really evokes a lot of imagery um and then he also describes the lady grace so the ship that is um the central focus of the story um he describes her as you know lifting up her skirts and dancing across the sea at one point um which is such a beautiful way to describe the way a ship moves through the water because honestly it is like she's lifting up her skirts and having a little jig a little dance across a vast sea you know like maybe even if it was ice it would probably be a bit easier to stand on it but um yeah it's it's so beautiful there's also funny moments in an ocean away there's funny moments dotted throughout But one that I particularly found hilarious was that the bilge um, is apparently perfumed to a sailor's nose. Now, I don't know about you, but a bilge, if you don't know what it is, I guess it's essentially like the ship's toilet. Um, So all that stuff that comes out of the toilet gets put in there and then emptied into the sea after a moment. So... That one was quite funny um, because the sailors did not seem to be appreciating the the beautiful bouquet of the the toilet, uh, which of course makes sense, honestly. But yeah, I think overall what I love the most about An Ocean Away is that it's so fresh, so full of hope. Um, And the subsequent novels that come after, of course, kind of tie everything together and make you feel like you're seeing this whole, which you are. You're seeing this whole life of the person, the, the writer's ancestor. And you're seeing the whole cycle, I guess, of the, the author's life. Um, and then how cyclical and how it compares to the life of his father or the life of the father before him. And it really feels uh, complete and whole. Um, yeah, I really appreciate a lot about this trilogy the william stewart saga because it kind of brings me back to my own thoughts about my own ancestry um even at a base level it brings me back to the relationship i have with you know the country with country with my country is uh you know my home is australia and i don't as much as I learnt about it in school, the history of everything, the 18th, 16th, 17th centuries, all that, and when people started to come to this country uh, to gold dig or because of the gold rush or or even just to relocate to somewhere different, maybe even it was advertised in the past that it was like the ideal, you know, idyllic, sunny, never never rainy sort of location. So it kind of brings me back to getting more in touch with a country that I maybe don't know much about, even though I've lived here for a long time. I, you know, there's aspects of it that I will never know, or aspects of it that I will learn, but through books and through reading, and that's what I've been doing with this William Stewart saga, with you know other other similar books in the genre, and it might not be for everyone because it is historical fiction, but. Despite that, I do encourage to give it a go. Give historical fiction a go because it it honestly gets you in touch with a deeper part of yourself and and in the past as well, and kind of ties everything together. And it's honestly a very good way to to go traveling without having to even leave your seat. And that's what I love about a good book. And this is certainly a good book. It's a well written trilogy. But yeah. I think it's time to come back to this part of the moment um, and to come to the part where we're at this point of the episode where it's not quite the end, but near in the end, and we'll come to the moment where you need to, well not need to, but where you, you may indulge me in this moment where I'll thank the author for their contribution to the world of books, the world of literature, and essentially write them a little letter just to say thank you so for one more moment um, I'll have you indulge me and if you've made it this far again like last time I would like to say thank you for making it this far it is always good to know that um, we have similar interests at heart and and we can really bring forward everything to this moment to kind of say thanks um, to Our favorite authors the author that I've chosen or even just an author that you're reading right now just take a moment kind of to yeah say thank you with me and on this journey as we go along we will yeah give thanks so in a moment I will begin and let's just take this moment to reflect Dear Peter It's been a good three years Getting to know you And getting to know your words You've made me laugh Cry and cheer It's not an easy thing to do To be a writer It takes a lot of guts Work hard work, and luck. And not to mention all that marketing. (laughs) Yeah, with fortitude and grace, you've managed to do it. You've even written two more books. Fancy that? A trilogy. It's been such a pleasure and a great achievement for both of us to watch you become the writer that you've wanted to be and a privilege to see you through. Three five-star reviews ain't bad at all, sir. You've started off with a simple idea to know more about your ancestors and to connect with your family. I think it's become so much more though. You've given them life once more and with that resurrection came that deeper connection and respect that you might have been seeking. I'm proud of you and I hope that you feel as accomplished as you wanted to feel and by creating three books you've reached every goal that you wanted to achieve. So thank you. It's been a pleasure, with an ever-loving heart, Nahima. Okay, so today we've talked about Peter Clark's An Ocean Away, which makes part of the William Stewart saga. Um, This one is the first book in the trilogy, and essentially we followed William from Boyhood, to maybe manhood but maybe not necessarily manhood just his journey from Ireland to Australia and it marks the very beginning of his adventure or maybe even the close of the first chapter of his adventure but yeah essentially I do hope you've enjoyed today's episode send us an email at doublemoonletters at gmail.com if you like or leave a rating it would be greatly appreciated And what will we talk about next time? So the next episode, I'm looking to talk about a book that I actually really hate. uh, One that inspires such a feeling of derision in me because I just find it so boring. Um, But essentially, I'm going to give it a go, another go. I'm going to challenge myself to read it and I'm going to ensure that I read it in time for the next episode, um so that I can share with you all my thoughts. Um it's been many years since I've tried to read it the last time, so we'll see how I go. Fresh new eyes, so new me, new book, essentially. That's me for this episode, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed my contribution to the world of Lit Podcasting. Until we read again, stay safe out there, wherever you might find yourself. And as I always say Hear the music.